everyone. My name is Mark Vina of More Insights and Strategy, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, home security, and console gaming related. Today is Friday, June 26, 2020, and I'd like to use today's podcast to focus on the state of the smart home, and uh, I've got an interesting company who is trying to bring some sanity uh, and order to the category, and I thought they'd be a great uh, participant in today's podcast. Uh, and uh, for that spirit of discussion, I'm pleased to have with me on the podcast, Aaron Amy, the CEO of Brilliant, and Michael Williams, uh, Brilliant's VP of Marketing. Gentlemen, how are each of you today? Doing great, thanks. Thanks for having us. Uh, where are you guys calling in from? Uh, I'm in Woodside, California right now. And I'm in San Francisco. Nice, cloudy, and foggy today. <laughs> actually, the weather's been really nice. I'm down in San Jose, and the weather's been actually pretty nice for the last couple of weeks. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, want to definitely, uh, you know, uh, key a couple of big topics up for you guys today because you guys are in the thick of things uh, from a smart home uh, standpoint. And we'll, we'll talk a little about, about uh, the big news that was made at, uh, at Apple WWDC with their smart kit, their home kit stuff. And that's something we'll talk about a bit later in the podcast. But, uh, well, you know, before we got and get into it, let me talk about each of your backgrounds, because I always like to do that at the top of the podcast, because I think it led some, you know, um, depth uh, to the to the topic discussions and, you know, how you got from A to B you know, from a career standpoint. So, Aaron, let's start with you. How did you, uh, you know, get where you are today? And, you know, and uh, what was your, um, you know, your inclination to, uh, uh, to found a company like, um, like Brilliant? Boy, yeah, that's a, been a long and winding road. Uh, I've, been a, I've been a tech guy for my, for my whole life and a tech entrepreneur for the last 35 years. Um, I've done a lot of different companies uh, in the early days of the, the, PC, the PC revolution uh, in 83, doing a network operating system for, for, uh, for Apple IIs and a bunch of educational software all the way through to the 90s, doing a bunch of multimedia uh, technologies, a kind of company called uh, IIT that, would, that, uh, that went public as, uh, as 8x8, and then uh, Philips uh, with yep. a multimedia processor. Um, in, the, uh, uh, in the 90s, I got a, a deeply involved in the internet uh, era. Uh, I, I was the CEO of a company called uh, Commerce Flow, which uh, was a sell-side e-commerce company that we sold to eBay. And then in the 2000s, I did a bunch of cybersecurity uh, work with the Department of Homeland Security and others, and, uh, and uh, co-founded a company called uh, Shopkick eventually, which was uh, the number one mobile retail uh, application. So we're working very heavily at sort of mobile and contextual computing and, and so on. And, and you know, during that time, uh, I was making uh, hardware devices uh, that went into retail premises. Um, and uh, you know, what happened with Brilliant was sort of this, just this feeling that I've always tried to be you know, on the next big platform. In the early 80s, that was the PCs. In the 90s, that was the internet. In the mm -hmm. 2000s, that was mobile. Um, and I feel like home is the next great platform war. It's the next great uh, battleground of, of technology. And uh, I came to it both by that, you know, feeling that this was the next big thing that was ready, uh, but also uh, very organically and that I was doing some home improvement after we sold uh, Commerce Flow to a, to a, sorry, after we sold uh, Shopkick to a Korean multinational. And uh, uh, so I was taking some time off and doing some home remodeling and putting in a bunch of smart devices. And I realized I really liked them, but at the same time, 
uh, I found that when I had a few of them in my house, I started hating my house because the whole model of controlling them with a smartphone and having a bunch of different apps. And if I'm on my sofa and I want to dim my lights, I got to go get my phone, authenticate myself to it and scroll around mm -hmm. to the right app and launch the app and wait for that to come up and then you know navigate some menus and by the time i'm i'm to a, a ui that actually can control my house uh, i'm resenting the fact that i have a smart home at all and i realized that there was the need for a a built-in controller that would just make all of the capabilities of the home immediately accessible to anybody who was in it. And that was the, the genesis uh, for Brilliant. We started Brilliant uh, with my two co-founders, uh, Stephen and, and Jeremy, uh, in uh, 2015 and you know, did several works of our years of R&D because it's a very, very um, uh, you know, complicated product. There's a lot of technology that has to go into unifying all these things. Uh, and uh, we, launched, we launched it about a year and a half ago, and uh, we've been going, going great guns. Yeah, so, and you know, you actually use a word that I love because I think it aptly describes the state of the, uh, of the smart home, and I want to get Michael to opine on this, is that it really is a battleground. I mean, despite all the potential and all the, uh, the success, the, you know, I'm using the, the term in a broad sense, smart home has had, there's a lot of frustration that customers had. And it sounds like you, um, Aaron, you know, that was probably the, the motivating reason for you to do what you did. But Michael, what's your perspective and the, 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 the perspective that uh, Brilliant has? What are the big problems that, that consumers are having in the smart home? You know, before yes. you get to how Brilliant solves them, because I'm sure that you're going to do a great job explaining that. But let, let's talk a little bit about the problems at a macro level, maybe broad buckets that consumers are facing. Yeah, when I met Aaron about three years ago, you know, I was kind of on the search for what is that next big thing and shared a very similar point of view that, you know, the home was fragmented and the home was broken. And so my background is I did consumer hardware for about 10 years with Jawbone. I was the very first employee over there, built the Jambox speakers, built the Apple wearable band. And we had this theory that, you know, mobile was the center of your universe, but ultimately you needed your home just to work for you. And all these different technology devices that go inside your home were super fragmented. And so when Aaron started walking me through, you know, the problems that he saw with smart home, you know, the fact that you, you know, have one person who can control your home with, you know, a mobile app on their phone. That means guests, kids, nannies, anybody who's inside the house doesn't know how to use the different desperate technologies inside the home. The fact that he took the form factor of a light switch, which is like the most commonly used uh, electrical device inside the home on a daily basis. You know, you can't walk into a room after 5 p.m. most days without turning on a light switch and putting a piece of technology there that allows any inside the home to easily access the home through a touchscreen panel it just made so much sense to me um, you know and so what we're trying to do at brilliant is you know bring it all together and so our brand platform for us is we have a tagline that's all together now but it's really trying to simplify that smart home experience and make it just simply and painfully easy for anybody inside the home to actually use it and so for me that's been like the biggest issue that we've been trying to solve but now we're starting to see a lot of the big smart home giants are starting to understand that they need to have open ecosystems. They need to play nicely with others because not every single home is going to be an Apple home. Not every single home is going to be a Google home. And so the fact that we can make all of these uh, desperate devices talk to each other and play nicely with each other and have one unified uh, user experience is ultimately, for me, the holy grail of smart home. So, so that's excellent, Michael, because I, I, I violently agree with you. And you know, the, the question I have for Aaron is, you know, back to what I said before, you know, the smart home is such a broad carry. I mean, there are category, there's literally thousands of devices that work in you know, thousands of devices, hundreds of brands. You know, you guys are not a huge company. You know, you're, you just got off the ground a year and a half ago. 
how do you go about making sure that, because there are multiple standards, by the way, too, you know, multiple standards, multiple digital assistants out there. What's the philosophy at Brilliant, Aaron, in terms of how do you get your arms around all of that so you can have a very nice, you know, um, call it a, an ecosystem-like experience, although the ecosystem is huge because it's, it's much broader than one in any particular company. How do you guys, how do you approach the problem when you think about it that way? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I think that, in fact, it has to be a smaller company that does it because mm. you know, we, we can be Switzerland. Um, you know, <laughs> all, all, all of the all of the big guys, people are, are afraid of them. Right. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, look at what happened last year with with you know, Google absorbing Nest and shutting down access to the APIs. And now they're starting to yeah. reopen them in a more selective way. And so on. there's just a lot of concern. And, you know, Apple keeps keeps things locked down very tightly with HomeKit. And they're both partner partners of ours. We get along well with them. Um, it's just that, you know, if you know, if, if they kind of said, we're going to unify the whole category, uh, you know, they, that's treated with a lot of mistrust, um, you know, both by mm -hmm. other tech companies, by consumers, uh, by a lot of the builders that we work with. You know, we, we have uh, 150 builders, uh, including some very large ones that put Brilliant in every single home that they, that they build. Uh, they don't want to standardize on, on Google or Amazon or Apple or, or Samsung or, you know, company like that, because they don't want them to have that kind of, that kind of leverage. Uh, whereas with a, with a brilliant, they know that we're interoperating with everybody where our mission is to unify the home, um, and not to create a, a closed garden. So, so that, that's very much our point of view. Um, we also believe that, you know, the big opportunity in smart home is exactly that unification. It's a really mm -hmm. remarkable market right now in that it's at, call it $75 billion a year, uh, um, you know, and yet there's nobody you can point to and say they are the leaders in smart home. You can say Correct. these guys are the leaders in thermostat and these guys are the leaders in locks and these guys are the leaders in music and these guys are the leaders in garage doors and these guys, but you can't say, you know, there's, there's some company that is the leader. So what's interesting to me is that that leadership position is there uh, for somebody to claim. The way to claim it is to unify all the devices and be the user experience of the home. And it's going to be uh, a company like, like Brilliant, a smaller company that's going to emerge to do that. It's very interesting because, you know, this has been a really, it's been a tough year for on a variety of different levels, but, you know, you know, specific to the smart home, you know, we had, we had the, the uh, and I'm now you guys are aware of it, the issue with Wink, um, uh, but a month ago, a month or a couple months ago, you know, they, they uh, kind of stumbled a bit saying, hey, pretty much if we don't, we, they wanted to switch their business model essentially to a subscription model. And they angered um, uh, many of their customers in terms of the way they kind of, uh, you know, jerk customers around and they're kind of backtracking on that. The same similar situation with Sonos, you know, uh, you, I'm sure you recall what happened with them a few months ago where they kind of decided to, at least they created the perception they were bricking their older legacy products <laughs> Uh, with a desire to push people to their to their current um, generation stuff, and they and they didn't they could have probably done it a lot better from an execution standpoint. But that's one of the big holes, and I want to get your feelings on this, Michael. That's one of the big challenges, and one of the the the, the dark sides. I wrote a piece about this in Forbes a few weeks ago. The dark sides of the smart home, and that people buy this gear, and the company goes out of business. You know, it might be a small company. Uh, the uh, product was wonderful, but for whatever reason, it didn't make it, and they go out, and all of a sudden, now I'm stuck with this gear that doesn't work anymore. The responsibility that Brilliant has is that, you know, you describe yourselves as kind of a, a Switzerland-like entity, and I, I agree with that analogy, uh, but there's a lot of responsibility with that. 
you know, the responsibility of bringing those disparate uh, solutions together. Um, I'm an old product guy myself, so the, the, the GUI experience that you have on your touch screens, you know, how do you do that in an intuitive way that makes all of these products, you know, work and play well together. So, Michael, what's your thoughts on that uh, particular topic in terms of you know, the ease of use piece, the responsibility that Brilliant has, and that fear that consumers have in terms of, oh, I'm going to buy something and it's not going to work, you know, a year and a half from now because the company goes out of business? Yeah, I mean... We have a, you know, an innate responsibility to make sure that consumers should have like the ability to enjoy the benefits of technology without being held hostage to it. And that's mm -hmm. a big thing for us to shepherd that in across the industry right now. You know, we believe in building trust through our actions and not just using words for us and marketing slogans. And so for us being the center of the smart home, we have to work with all these partners. We have to make sure that everybody's aligned on that front and make sure that they're committed to building an open ecosystem. You know, we're not going to sell hardware and then at the end of the day tell you your hardware is not going to work anymore and charge you a subscription in two years. That's not mm -hmm. how you build trust in consumers' eyes. And that's a major setback for the smart home industry. You know, we're mm -hmm. the... We, we think of ourselves as leaders in this industry right now, since we're promoting all this unity in and within the home. And for us, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we're going to continue to usher in, you know, that era of responsibility into the industry. And so for our products right now, you know, they get better over time. Every two weeks, we're in a cadence where we're putting new software releases. In the past, you know, quarter alone, we've, you know, announced a, a partnership with Genie Garage Door Openers. We've added additional functionality through the product. Um, we're going to continue to make sure this thing gets better over time. And our users are telling us that it really is resonating with them. The fact that you can buy a product a year and a half ago, and it's continually getting improvements over time at no additional fees or costs. That's built into the DNA and the fabric of our company. And we think we have the responsibility to deliver on that value proposition that we sold the users on in the first place. And, you know, as these, you know, more and more of these products uh, debut on the market, all we want to do is just make sure that we can, in a simple and intuitive fashion, bringing them into our experience in a very, uh, as you were saying with the GUI way, a GUI way, um, have this interface that just grows over time and isn't complex. It's as simple as walking up to the wall, touching on the screen if you want to turn on your Sonos music. If your doorbell rings and you have a ring doorbell, you can see immediately who's ringing your doorbell from any wall uh, control in the house. So we're going to continue to usher in uh, this era of getting better over time at no additional cost to our customers. And that's very important to us. And we're going to continue to deliver on that value proposition. So, Aaron, that's a great segue to the question I want to hit you up with. And that basically is, and, you know, we, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And as I've told you, you know, I, I have to, in full disclosure, I have several of the billion products in my house. And they are wonder. I think I, you should give me a commission because every time someone comes over and they see it on the door, I'm sorry, on the wall, because it's a very visible type of product. The first thing is someone says to me, where can I get that? You know, because it does solve so many unique problems. So Aaron, let's talk a little bit about the, 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 the product line a bit. And, you know, and, and because again, it is, you know, it's not a one size fits all type of solution. You have multiple solutions um, that uh, go on the wall, but let's talk about that because there may be a few customers out there that don't know who Brilliant is. So here's your opportunity to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the heart of Brilliant and the first product line that we, that we introduced uh, is the Brilliant Control. And the Brilliant mm -hmm. Control is a smart home control that mounts on the wall using the same electrical boxes and the same electrical wiring that's there for a light switch or for a row of light switches. And uh, this is a tremendous, a, a tremendous advantage and, and, you know, one of those sort of insights that, you know, when we realized that that was the right way to do it, we were sort of amazed that no one had done it before because 
you think about light switches, they're pretty special. First off, mm. there's one in every room, uh, more than one in, in many rooms, and they're, and they're located in the place that you want to control things. Um, and there's already a hole in the wall and there's already power running to it. So, so there's, there's now this, this thing already in every house that's built, which makes all of the locations that you might want to control a house from available uh, and wired up. Uh, no, so no, no power cords, no, no batteries to recharge, uh, no nothing. Um, and it's already the home control that you use most often. You turn lights on and off way more often than you adjust your thermostat or lock your door or do anything else in the house. So, uh, and then it also controls some lights, so, which, is, which is the main thing that you change more often than anything else when you're doing home, home automation. So there's just a, a tremendous advantage to using that real estate that's either already in the house, uh, if, if it's a retrofit, or it's something that you're going to build in anyway, if it's a, if it's a new home construction. So that mm -hmm. cuts down dramatically on the cost of deployment right now. If you look at, you know, a, a Crestron or a, a, a Control 4 or a Savant system or something like that, that's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars for a high-end deployment. And you're going to need new holes in the walls and you're going to need new, new low voltage wiring running all through the house. And you're going to need a closet full of servers. Uh, and you're, you know, it's going to, you're going to need professional configuration uh, to set up scenes and to integrate the products. And it, it just is a huge, huge uh, undertaking. Whereas with Brilliant, you get the same kind of functionality, a more modern UI, and the only thing you're putting into the wall is a, is a controller that costs you know, $300 to, to $450, depending on what it is. And you can put several of them all through the house very economically, and that's all you need to do. So it has a touch screen, so you get visual uh, control over everything that's there. You have home automation features, so it, it can control all the different devices that are there. If somebody's at the door and they ring the ring doorbell, uh, then you get a video screen of, of them. You can talk to them, and then one tap to unlock the door and let them in. If you right. want to play music, you see your playlists, you see your favorites on Pandora and Spotify and iHeartRadio and so on, and you can select them and move them and have controls. You can reconfigure the zones all through your house you can do anything that you, that you want to do from the brilliant control you know just use case after use case everything you do in your home it's right there and it's available to everybody you don't have to be the person in the house who's figured it all out and installed all the apps and got them all configured and knows knows how to do every single one of them one of the big things that we see is that the smart home turns it transforms it, it turns from being something that one person has figured out uh, and is using a bunch of kind of awkward apps to, to struggle through to something that everybody in the house uh, can can use and that's a huge step forward in addition to the touchscreen control we have built-in Amazon Alexa voice services so you can uh, you can do you know, anything that you can do on an Amazon Echo, um, you can do on a, on a brilliant control. So it's got mm -hmm. built-in voice control. And then we also have built-in motion sensors for you know, occupancy-based uh, scene you know, triggering and lighting and so on. Um, and we have also a camera. So uh, you can do video intercom through the home. Uh, you can do remote video monitoring. A lot of people, maybe you have a security camera outdoors, but you don't have them inside with the brilliant control. You can, you can, use, uh, you can use them as a, as a remote you know, video camera. Uh, and then we've just launched some new product lines as well. Uh, we, we've launched a line of smart dimmer switches. 
which is a way to really economically extend Brilliant's home automation features all through the home. So you get smart lighting. It's a really beautiful, very high quality uh, switch. It controls you know, modern LED loads perfectly. Um, and uh, it's it's got a really nice, we've got this sort of a touch groove feature on both the Brilliant controls and the uh, uh, and the brilliant switches. Um, it's got a motion sensor built into it for occupancy-based lighting, and it, you also can invoke all of the home automation scenes from the switches. So for only fifty-nine dollars, you you have uh, uh, not only smart lighting, but also a touch point for uh, all of the home automation features that you get through Brilliant. Uh, and then we've also introduced a smart plug. Um, and that's a, a way of controlling area lighting and other things that are more just kind of turn the power on and off. Um, right. So, you know, we, we're, we've launched quite a, quite a complete line of, um, of products now, and, and we've got more under development. Now, yeah, Aaron's, I, I, said, Aaron's said something really interesting, too. I mean, we're educating the market, too, on what smart home control is. You know, before, smart home control was for the top 1%, right? Those, those high-end systems that you, know, you needed a rack room for, those are going into these mega homes uh, throughout the country. But, you know, Brilliant can be installed in every single home now, and that's really important right now. And, and you're going to start to see us pop up at a few retailers very shortly, and we're working with them to reclassify, you know, what, you know, smart home control actually means in these locations and, you know, how, how people can be educated on how you tie this entire uh, system together into just one easy to use, you know, uh, control on your wall. And that's a really critical piece right now for us as a company is just really explain to people, you know, voice is perfect in some situations, motion is good in some situations, and app is good in some situations. But when you tie all those different things together into one product, you have a very usable home that anybody can use. Right. And that's, that, and that's critical right now. No, I, I agree with you, again, violently for the second time, uh, Michael. I, I think that the, um, the problem that you guys have solved is that when you're inside your house, you know, a 3,000-square-foot house, you know, you're not always going to have your smartphone with you, you know. And, and then you also put the issue aside that, you know, to the point you made before about, you know, the uh, smart home has been completely overwhelmed with apps. And, you know, generally to do something, if you've got to pull up a disparate app to do something, it kind of loses its potential because it takes you five minutes to find the app on your phone. And, you know, having one of these brilliant panels in your uh, in, uh, in each of your rooms, it's fantastic, especially if you, like me, have a, a video doorbell. You can see that person who arrives at the door. Uh, you have the intercom system, so you can speak back, uh, back and forth. But there's a whole host of applications and a number of usage models that gets opened up frankly, that I don't think even people realize until they get it and they ins install it and set it up. Um, in the few minutes that we have left, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, uh, Apple, WWDC, the HomeKit piece. I'm sure you guys watched it closely. Uh, so, you know, the HomeKit's been kind of, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, trying to be fair to Apple. You know, it, it's, it's probably never gotten the you know, full respect and attention. I'll be very diplomatic that, you know, Apple is probably devoted to other parts of their uh, ecosystem. It did get a lot of love at WWDC um, early in the year. I, I'm sorry, early in the week um, at the, at the uh, big uh, announcement. Uh, what's your perspective on how uh, the Apple ecosystem plugs into Brilliant, you know, and how, because uh, I'm sure you were watching it closely. So let's talk a little bit about that only because it's been on the, the HomeKit stuff did get some, get some uh, attention this week. Yeah, um, I mean, Apple's been a, a partner of ours uh, for for some time. A very very important partner. Uh, we went through the the process with them on uh, on HomeKit, uh, and uh, you know we're pleased to be part of that ecosystem. Uh, you know, I think that 
Apple was out in front with, um, you know, with, with an early vision for, for bringing it all together. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, HomeKit, you know, tends to be fairly Apple centric in the way that they, that they look at it and that they, it takes, you know, HomeKit as a, a part of the requirements around a HomeKit certified product or that you can configure it through HomeKit and, and so on. And sometimes that's, only sort of half possible. Like, you know, you can, yes, you can technically set up Brilliant for HomeKit through HomeKit, but that's not the way you're really going to set it up because you have to, you know, you, you're going to want to set things up like integrations and scenes and so on that, that, that can't be done through, uh, through HomeKit on, on Brilliant. So I think that, you know, the, the, the platforms that have come a little later, you know, like, like the whole Amazon Alexa ecosystem and so on, that take a little bit more of an agnostic point of view in terms of, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the type of integration that you might do, um, mm -hmm. have generally then been a lot easier for people to do. One of the big barriers with HomeKit has been that just going through the process yes. is very mm -hmm. lengthy and time consuming. And it, it took us a year. To, mm -hmm. to, to, get, to get through the process um, because there were so many requirements that were sort of designed for uh, a product that fits easily into one of the pre-existing categories, but Brilliant has a lot more capabilities than that. Um, so when it doesn't exactly fit into, into one of the things that's already there, suddenly there's a whole lot more that you have to do and all the requirements around setup and so on. So I think that, you know, Apple should be commended for having an early vision of this and pulling this all together. And I think that, you know, the, the, the challenge there is, um, you know, convincing the industry that it's truly open uh, mm -hmm. and, and not sort of, you know, with, with Apple necessarily being, uh, being the, the, the center of it uh, and simplifying that process. And they've made some steps, right? I mean, they, they used to require a special MFI you know, encryption chip in the, in the hardware and they don't require that anymore. Um, and, you know, they obviously they're, they're giving it some love now, as you said, they're adding features around adaptive lighting and, you know, like automation yes. suggestions and like some new, mm -hmm. some new functions like that, that I think are, are really important and, and, and and really valuable and also it sends a good signal that they're that they're that they're continuing to invest in that uh, in that ecosystem uh, so we think it's a very important one you know we love it we're, we're a part of it um, you know I think that that um, you know the challenge for Apple is how do you make it nimble and flexible and make it easy for companies to integrate into it so the latest greatest products are always on HomeKit rather than going through a, a, a multi-month uh, or year-long process uh, to uh, to do that after they launch. Uh, before we sign off, let me ask each. I love asking this question because I always get fascinating answers to it. Is that you guys now have been kind of in the market for eighteen months, a couple of years, you know? Well, probably before that, of course, you know, bring, developing the product. What do you know now? What you, if you had a time machine and if you could go, could have gone back eighteen months, twenty four months? What do you uh, uh, would like to have known a year and a half ago that would have really helped you today? Is there any kind of epiphanies, any things that, wow, I just didn't know that about our customers, about yeah. what people respond to the product line. Let me start with you, Michael, to get your perspective. So it's kind of a, you know, I've always liked to ask those type of, uh, you know, what if questions. You know what, we've seen our business grow in ways that, you know, we kind of imagined, but, you know, it's really come to reality, you know, for us in different ways. I mean, we have a huge builder business right now and our professional mm -hmm. channel. Um, I didn't realize when I, when I signed up and started working with Aaron as closely as we have been, 
that the you know builder community was looking for a solution quite like Brilliant. So you know people are coming to us now, home builders who are you know top ten home builders in the country doing thousands of homes per year and asking us to design a smart home experience for them. They say you make all these technologies work better. You know what should we put in our homes as a standard for climate? Is it Nest? Is it Echobee? Is it Honeywell? You know what should we put on our locks? Should it be a Schlage lock? Should it be an August lock? And so we're working with you know hundreds of builders right now across the country to design these smart home experiences as a standard in all of their homes moving forward. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I, you know, I, I think when Aaron you know, hired me to come onto the team, it was like, let's get this thing to retail, but really understanding that this is a multifaceted solution and it can go into smart apartments, it can go into single family homes, it can go into the direct-to-consumer retail channel. It's just how multifaceted this product truly is. Yeah, it speaks to the influence of the builder channel and that they, they can really influence you know, the, the kind of solutions that end up in a, a, a newly constructed home. So that's interesting that uh, that's kind of a uh, thing that you guys, uh, at least um, was not, you guys didn't portend that you know, at the beginning of all this because everybody wants to be successful at retail. Everybody has dreams of selling you know, thousands of something at Best Buy. And what about you? Is there any, th- any epiphanies that, that you have today that you uh, wish you could go back in a time machine if you wish you knew known maybe a year and a half ago about? You know, it's, it's a, so yes, uh, there, there are always some things, but the, the biggest one is, um, you know, I, the, 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 the things that surprise me the most are number one, that nobody else has come up with a product like this yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And having gone through the process of developing it, I mean, I know all of the challenges uh, that are there. And there were a couple other companies uh, in the mix early on who were trying to develop it. And they ended up scaling back their ambitions and launching much simpler uh, uh, products um, and having you know, been stubborn enough to, to, to stay the course and, and, uh, and get all the way through it. Uh, we understand why. But at the same time, it's a little bit surprising that, that there's not any other product in the market that you can actually build into your home and have whole home automation thread that's accessible to everyone the way Brilliant is. The, the biggest thing uh, uh, that surprised me was also with builders. It wasn't that builders liked it. I, I, we, I actually expected that at the, at the start. But the thing that made us stop and go, hey, wait a minute, we've really got to you know, double down on, on, on builders and, and, just, and focus on them. And, we, and don't get me wrong, we focus on consumers as well. We are launching sure. and retail right. and, and you know, so on. But the thing that, that was the light bulb moment was I expected that builders, would uh, would have brilliant as a part of like a smart home package that you could upgrade to for a new home. You know, mm-hmm. the same way you could get granite countertops or hardwood floors or so or something. You get the smart home package, and that's not what happened. Because Brilliant takes those high-end home automation kinds of capabilities that you'd normally spend fifty thousand dollars for and brings them down to hundreds of dollars. What happened pretty much across the board with all of our builders, big and small, is they just started putting Brilliant into every single home that they built. And that was something that I believed was coming, but I thought it would be a couple more years before, before it would be in every single one of the homes. And so when we saw that in this channel, there's an opportunity to truly make every single go home, a real smart home that with that technology built in, um, that was uh, a tremendously exciting moment. And that changed our plans a little bit. And then the market that I didn't really understand as well when we first got into it was the multifamily market. 
where mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about not just smart homes, but you know uh, complexes of you know, hundreds of smart apartments. Um, and this has been a really tremendous uh, channel, uh, and uh, you know we've been kind of um, operating a little under the radar there, and we're, we're about to start talking more publicly about what we're doing there. Uh, but it's it's really exciting, and uh, there's tremendous demand in both amongst both builders and apartment operators because when you have a smart home or a smart apartment, it sells faster, it rents faster, you get less turnover amongst your rentals, you're able to control uh, costs, you're able to, there's just energy efficiency, there are all kinds of things uh, that, that can be brought to, brought to bear that are really, really valuable, both in terms of improving the experience of the homeowner of the, or the tenant, and, include, and in terms of uh, reducing the operating costs uh, and, uh, and improving the revenue streams uh, of the operator. So it's, it's, a, um, it's a really interesting uh, ecosystem, and, and you know, we've been learning about that one. And I probably would have liked to know more about that one a year, a year earlier uh, because what we have is so well suited to it. Well, that's, that's great, Aaron. I really, really appreciate the perspective. Uh, Michael, how do we find you guys? What's the name of your website? Uh, we are at www.brilliant.tech. Great. And I am sure that after this podcast, you're going to have a lot more folks checking you guys out. But guys, thank you for your uh, taking the time to join me for today's podcast. Uh, for the more insights and strategy audience, please follow us on our usual social media suspect partners. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.